Well, this morning, we're on our, our faith series, summer faith series, and we started Wednesday night on this, and um, I'm going to preach from what I shared on Wednesday night and kind of finish it. And uh, the title of my message is Perseverance. And really understanding perseverance. And I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. And we're just going to look at just one piece of one verse. Matthew 10 and verse 22. And it's the last half of verse 22. And it says, But he who endures to the end will be saved. That word endure there is patience, perseverance, endurance. Enduring through and to the end, he said. He who endures to the end will be saved. The word saved there is more than just being born again. It is being born again, but it's more than being born again. It's being saved, healed, set free of anything and everything, and and delivered. Actually, the word is defined as being totally delivered. He who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, some people might think, well, you know, the Bible's real clear that we don't, um, you know, that, that we don't have to do anything for our salvation, that, that it's a free gift, and it is. But born again is the free gift. Being born a second time. You're sitting here today, and because you're sitting here today, you were born once. But to be a part of God's kingdom, you have to be born a second time. And when you're born a second time, that born again experience sets you up for the rest of your life in the kingdom of God and in the power of what Jesus accomplished. Um. So to be, to be saved, we're endured, it's, it's to, in other words, embrace the results of born again in your life, being saved and healed and delivered, being debt-free, being liberated from the bondages of the world. You have to persevere and endure. So our part of living and operating in this life is one thing. It's persevering. And along the way in our perseverance, growing in the things of God and growing in a relationship of faith and trust in God, that God is more real than things look like in the natural. But my job to the end is to persevere. It said, it it words it in in a little bit different way in Galatians 6 and verse 9. Galatians 6 and 9. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, and the Amplified there says, uh, for in due time and at the appointed season, I like that, at due time and the appointed season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. At the appointed time, 
due season at the right time we'll reap if we don't lose heart, if we don't quit, if we continue to persevere. My role and my job in life is to persevere. In other words, don't quit. So, if God is telling us not to become weary, then what does that mean? That means for us, based on Scripture, that you're going to be tempted to be weary. You're going to be given many opportunities to be weary and be frustrated and, and to be discouraged and want to quit. But if you don't quit, you reap. I'll just say this, that any time that there's an appointed time and season for your life to reap, your flesh always wants it quicker than when it happens. Like my flesh wanted it yesterday afternoon, right? When the appointed time and the due season is when God says. My job is not to figure out when. My job is to make sure I stay committed to him and his word and let that word transform and change my life and I don't quit. I am not a quitter. I will not give in. No matter what, no matter what it's like, and I will be tempted to be weary. I will deal with frustration. I will want to quit in the natural, but I will not quit. Amen? Because I'm empowered by God to not quit. Not that there's not temptation for that. Can you say amen? amen. Hebrews 6.12 says, it's through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. There's faith. But then we have to have patience and, and perseverance and persistence. We have to have that working and operating our, in our life for us to receive. Faith is not enough. You can have faith to remove mountains and do all kinds of things, but if you quit, you don't reap. And I, I'll just say this. Anybody can believe God for six months or a year or two years. But you're on the journey of believing God for, say, two years, and at the end of two years, because something doesn't happen the way you want it to, you choose to back off from that. Listen to me. The person that quits at two years in gets the same reward as the person that never did a thing. Based on this, if you quit, you don't reap. If you don't start believing, you don't reap. Same reward. Two different people, one spending a lot of time working it, somebody else sitting around doing nothing, and they get the same exact reward. Hebrews 10 and verse 35. <clears throat> Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. Man, I tell you what, God is all about the reward. I, I believe God wants you to be rewarded more than you want to be. You know, you know when, when your children, at just at different times, you know, when they're young or when, at whatever time, you know, and, and you, you know, they've done certain things and you're rewarding them or you're giving them something. Sometimes you're more excited in giving them the gift than they are receiving it. I'm telling you, that's the way God is. I think he's giddy over wanting to get things to us. 
But, but we, we've got to do the part that the Bible tells us is our part, right? And he said here in verse 35, don't cast away your confidence, your faith, for it has great reward, for you have need, gum. there's that waiting thing again, for you have need of endurance or perseverance. Listen, you're going to deal with stuff anyway. You might as well persevere and stay connected to God, right? But I'm going to give you three things that in 40 years of salvation that I've never stopped. I learned this in the first year I was born again, and I've never stopped doing this. There's times when I kind of set some of it aside, you know, along the way, and, well, I've done enough of that, and, you know, I I don't need that. You know what what that would be like? Because these things that I'm going to share with you are foundation, and what we're talking about this summer is uh, the foundation of faith. I really encourage you not to miss any of these words. Even if you're gone and you need to listen to it, go to Gates of the City and you can download for free the messages. Just listen to these because you need this. It, it, would, be like, it would be like the house that I live in now. Think, you know what? Hey, this is a, this is a 85, 90s house. Uh, listen, we, we done, we, we, it's been built and, and we've done all the improvements. We don't need the foundation anymore. Let's just slip it out from underneath. That's what it's like. You let the foundations of faith go, or if you've never had the foundations, if you've been trying to build your house without that foundation, it just doesn't work. You cannot forget, or you cannot, embra- you cannot find yourself not embracing the foundational truths that cause the rest of the house to be built. You have to have them. So he said, cast not away your confidence, for it has great reward. For you have need of endurance, so that after. I'm going to say it again. After. After you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. After you do what is His will. See, your flesh wants to get the after ahead of time have you ever seen a cart pull a horse it don't work right and we're not going to receive the benefits until we become convinced it's not god it's not god wanting you to labor to do something he wants you to believe in it He wants you to believe in what his will is in the earth. So the reaping that we're looking for in life, and everybody in here is is desiring to see manifestation, well, we have to become convinced of the will of God and the pattern of that will and that lifestyle so that my life doesn't do it for six months and then go try something else. Because I'll just tell you right now, there's nothing but the will of God. Jesus said he came to the earth, he left the riches and the glory of heaven, he came to the poverty of this earth to become like you and I, and he learned how to walk in obedience through the things that he suffered like you and I on a day-to-day basis. He learned obedience, and in his obedience, he empowered you and I to be able to be people that will obey the will of God. He said, I only do the things I hear and I see from my Father, only. And the greatest triumph for all of mankind was in the Garden of Gethsemane. 
when Jesus walked into the garden, his will and the Father's will were not the same. He said, Lord, if there be any other way, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, but your will be done and accomplished. And when he chose Father's will, to obey what Father said, even though he began to feel the pressure and, and the torment and the things that would come upon his life, he began to sense that and feel that. He chose Father's will. And when he chose to do what Father said, it liberated all mankind. And now you and I, every day, we have choices to make. And we've been empowered by the blood of Jesus to make the right choice. And when it seems difficult and you don't make the right choice and you have to repent and you have to work it out, that's the process that he created us to live in. So just because we make mistakes doesn't mean that we're out. He died because he knew we'd make mistakes. But every time you make a mistake and you repent, it's like you never did it. And his words are, go and don't do that again. Make the change. Make it happen. You want to receive just do what I'm telling you to do. That would be like, you know, that, that, that would be like uh, some NBA star deciding that he didn't, he didn't want to play in the NBA. He wanted to play in the NFL. And so he goes to the NFL, and he goes and he sits on the sidelines, and he comes out, and, uh, they, you know, he's, he, he's out on the field, and he starts playing, and he starts bouncing the football down the thing. You, you, you can't do that. Yeah, but, but, but I want to do that. No, but you can't do that. Somebody else is going to get the ball. It, it won't bounce. It, it doesn't work this way. There's rules here. There's ways of, of, of playing here in this, in this sport that won't work in this sport over here. Yeah, but I want to do it. Yeah, but I want to be that way. But I want to act like that. I want to do what I want to do. And Father's set up the rules and the guidelines, and we got to play by his rules so that we reap all that he... And remember, he's giddy about your rewards. It's not like he's holding by, ah, you know, that Fabian, he's a, he's a rascal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold it. I'm gonna, <laughs> okay, no, no, no opinions. No, um, so I'm, I'm going to hold it back. I'm going to hold that reward. No, 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 he's giddy about getting it to us. But we can't play NBA rules in the NFL. It don't work. And you can't live in this world and operate according to worldly principles and expect to receive rewards from the kingdom. That's all it is. That's all we're talking about. So we live the rest of our life just making changes. I say today, it is well with my soul. How about you? My soul is transforming and changing every minute of every day. I'm changing. I'm being more like him all the time. I don't want to be like just anybody, a mere man, just somebody that, well, you know, we're just humans and we, we all screw up and make big mistakes. Well, okay, we make mistakes, but we don't have to stay with our mistakes. We can correct it every day. The blood of Jesus liberated us and empowered us. Everything that is invested in his name was given to you and I. And I'm telling you, nothing was left out. We've got it all. He's liberated us. And he wants us to trust him, but we have to persevere. 
Everybody say, to the end. Three things that I've never gotten away from. Three things. I've never gotten away from these three things. I've, at times, wasn't working them as strongly as I am today. But there are three things that I've never forgotten. Number one, hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. You have to hear the word. The word that I'm preaching to you today is the word from God, and you have to do something with it. You can't take it. It won't work for you just because I'm preaching it. It won't work for you because of what I believe in it. You have to take what you hear. Number one, you have to make sure that it's correct, so you have to check it out in Scripture, and then you begin to apply the word that you hear. I've never stopped hearing the word of God. In fact, I listen to more word preached today than I used to. Number two, I speak the word. Mark 11 and verse 23 says, Whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says, the development of confession in your life leads you to a place of believing that what you say is going to come to pass. And that's number three. Because the rewards are in Yes, that I speak the word and I declare the word and I renew my mind to think like God, but then I have to believe that what I say is going to come to pass when I say it, even when I don't see it. That's God's way of thinking. The world says, well, show it to me and I'll believe it. God says, believe it and I'll show it to you. You can take that or leave it. You can hear me say it right here and maybe in the back of your mind you're thinking you don't totally believe that and you're not going to do anything with working that out then nothing I or anybody or God or anybody else can do about it because it won't work for you if you don't believe his principles but those three things I've never backed away from and forgotten and they always work now when I say something works I don't mean something gets manifested because I said something and it came to pass. I have to believe that what I say is going to come to pass, and then sometimes it can be three or four or five years before it actually comes to pass, but all along I'm thinking it's tomorrow because I believe it inside of me. That's God's way of thinking. I may not be sharing that and, and articulating that perfectly where you totally understand what I'm saying, but that's how God thinks. And after 40 years, I'm done with thinking like the world or man. Or I've been done for a long time. But I'm done. I will not think the way the world thinks. I will think like God thinks. And that's how he thinks. Again, hearing the word that causes faith to come. Speaking the word that causes faith to come to me. Because you can hear me speak the word, but if you don't begin to say it over yourself, at the end of the day, you're going to believe what you believe, no matter what anybody else tells you. And number three, believing that what I say, when I say it, it comes to pass, not when I see it. And you have to work that out because that does not make sense to the natural mind. It just doesn't. You have to work it out. Hebrews 12, 
Hebrews 11 is what? It's the faith chapter, the hall of fame of faith, all the people of faith. So in Hebrews 12 and verse 1 and 2 says this, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, like these witnesses of faith, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance, perseverance, patience, the race that is set before us. How? Looking unto Jesus. The author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him, verse 3, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. There's the answer. Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest... You become weary and discouraged in your soul. That's where you get defeated. Now watch this. So you're living and you're operating in life. You're walking along and I'm just going to mention three or four natural things that we face. And let's say that you've been walking with the things of God and you've been discouraged and been frustrated along the way. You know, you, you, you started strong and you kind of gave in. Maybe you did or you didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm just using that this one person or this group of people as an example because I know a lot of people that started strong and they're not doing anything today so let's say you're one of those and as a result of that you're deep in debt you know you're overcome with certain situations you got all kinds of physical ailments and problems in your body things are coming against you why because you're looking unto the problem he said He said, looking unto Jesus, not the debt, looking unto Jesus, not the sickness, looking unto Jesus, not the fear, looking unto Jesus, not the issue, looking unto Jesus, not your boss, looking unto Jesus, not this, that, or the other. I don't care. Put anything in there. Look unto him and not unto the problems. Because the problems do what? They weigh you down. They get you in unbelief. The sin he's talking about in verse 1 is the sin of unbelief. It's not believing the word. Listen, you get away from the word and you'll find yourself doing all kinds of crazy things you never thought you would do. You'll find yourself in relationships with people you should never be in. You'll find yourself with your mouth talking about people created in the image of God that you should never talk about. Why? Because you're focused on the problem, on an issue, instead of on Jesus. Now notice what he did. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despised the shame, sat down at the right hand of God. You know what? He, you know what? He has empowered you and I to, with joy, not be moved by debt. With joy, not be moved by sickness and disease. With joy, not be moved by people that are acting certain ways or saying things or doing things. He's empowered you and I to do what's right with joy. 
It says, with joy, he endured the cross, despised the shame, sat down at the right hand of God, and has now empowered you and I to do the same thing in anything and everything that we face. That's why my responsibility is to persevere and not quit. And in the midst of the perseverance, not just coming out on the other side, complaining and moaning and groaning about how bad everything is, but in the midst of persevering, letting the Word being a hearer of the word, a confessor of the word, and then a believer that what I say is going to come to pass when I say it the same way it did with Jesus. That empowers me to be able to want to do what's right with joy in my heart, not feeling like, oh, crap, i got to do the word again. Oh, i got to show up to church. Oh, i got to tie. Joy. Listen, you will, you will be persecuted. You will be faced with trials and temptations and tests in life. You will be. They're in life. But the difference is God being God in the midst of it because of what you allow. And I promise you, it will see you through each and every time. And Wednesday night, I'm going to start a little piece on the rest of God. And we're going to talk about faith and rest. And the verse I'm going to start with, I'm going to give you right now. And I'll throw it out there and then make you come back to get the rest of it. (laughs) Verse 18 of Hebrews 3, it says this. He's talking about the children of Israel in Egypt and how they didn't obey. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest but those who did not obey? So we see that they couldn't enter in to the promises. They couldn't receive the promises. Why? Because of their unbelief. Because they didn't believe the word. And in chapter 4, we'll look at it on Wednesday night, it says... What they didn't do is they didn't mix faith with the word they heard. You you know how many times through the years I've heard a word preached? And I'm I'm sitting there looking at the the person preaching that word thinking, Wow, where did he get that? Where did that come from? Wow, I don't know if I totally believe that, totally or not. But early on in my Christian life, A guy told me, he said, every time you hear the word preached, you say out of your mouth, I receive that in the name of Jesus, and the Holy Spirit will reveal the truth of that message to me that I need to know. And I've said it every single time. What the children of Israel didn't do is they didn't receive, they didn't receive what Joshua and Caleb told them. When the spies came back from the promised land, they didn't receive what their report was. And and the fact that they didn't receive Joshua and Caleb's report, they all entered in, the the other ten spies and the rest of the children of Israel that didn't enter into the promised land, they all received it. And instead of saying, you know what? We hear about the giants, but God said in the beginning, he gave us that land. So we we weren't a reconnaissance team going out to decide whether we can take the land or not, we were going to see what God had already given us. And that's the way you and I are in the earth. We're here to be a part of what God's already given us. 
You know what the earth is to be like? The earth is to be like the way it was in the Garden of Eden before Adam and Eve sinned. That's the way the earth is supposed to be now. And I'm not talking about everything changing in the natural and all this. I'm talking about people's lives changing. You can live a Garden of Eden experience in the midst of all hell breaking loose around you. And that's the way God intended. Heaven came to earth through Jesus Christ so that we could live in heaven on earth in the power of his name. And it takes faith and perseverance. And if you persevere to the end, you will receive. Remember, doesn't matter how you started. Doesn't matter how many mistakes you've made along the way. What matters is what you do next. Hmm? What you do next. Next.